Hey everyone, welcome to episode 36 of Business Therapy, a show about helping real professionals solve real business problems. Every week, we invite a guest onto the show to help guide them through the normal pains and setbacks of working through their career. Using a mindfulness-first approach, we help our guests find conscious solutions and help give them the tools to take on challenges that inevitably pop up during the ups and downs of business. I'm Sam Drawshack, and as always, I'm here with Jonathan Adams. Today on the show, we have Nico. Hey, Nico. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Good. Glad to have you on the show. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself, your business, and how we can help you today? Sure. Sounds good. Um, thanks for having me, guys. I am, I guess the best way to summarize would be just a serial entrepreneur like many people out there. Um, right now, I am, uh, I'm trying to grow a consulting firm that I started about a year ago. Um, and what I really wanted to talk to you guys about today is networking. Um, you know, I have networked throughout my career at different points, whether I was raising money for a startup or something like that. Usually it's with the purpose of, um, you know, sort of a singular purpose, like I'm networking to fundraise. Um, and now I'm at a point where if I was really looking at my singular purpose to close new business for my consulting firm. Um, so I wanted to talk about just networking from that standpoint, but also I want to start thinking about networking holistically, like for the rest of my career so that I'm not just doing this, like, you know, flipping the switch on when I need something and, and trying to, you know, rekindle my network and then flipping it off when I'm done. And then at a later point, flipping it on again. So I, I, I think more, I want to talk about just networking holistically throughout one's career and, and sort of how I should go about doing that. And what does it look like to you or what do you imagine it is to be networking uh, for the, this, you know, for your career versus how you interact normally? I think the way that I interact normally would be uh, pretty antisocially. Um, so I think, I think there's a, a big difference um, where if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to network for my career, I'm really thinking about like, okay, how do I sort of systematize the periodic outreach uh, to people in my network to keep those relationships alive and well, um, even at times when I, when I normally wouldn't be reaching out to people. And when you're thinking of your network, are you distinguishing between uh, people that are your friends, family, and work, or do you see it all as one and the same? I see the network as just one cohesive thing. But the way that I would treat different people within my network would obviously be different depending on how well I know them, how long I've known them, what I'm looking for from them, what I can give to them, you know, that sort of thing. Sorry, say the last part again. So you're, the, the way you look at them, if it's for work, is different? Um, it, I, I look at, like, it, it, I, have a, I have a HubSpot account. Right. And in my HubSpot account, this is my, and this was a thing as of last year where I finally said, all right, I'm going to actually put everybody that I know who I consider like in my network, I'm going to create a HubSpot account and put them all in there, personal, professional, everything. Um, and I've done that. So they're all in there. Um, but, you know, the professional sort of people in my network, I would maybe be reaching out to differently than the personal relationships that I have in my network. Obviously, I will, I'll text the personal ones. I'll email the professional ones. I'll, you know, wish happy birthday to the personal ones and probably not for the professional ones, right? So, there, I mean, there are differences, but, but they're all in my CRM. And when you say you're uh, antisocial, yeah. I mean, you seem like a very, you know, you're charming, you have, you know, your personality is outgoing. Um, is, do you feel antisocial on the personal side too with your friends? Or would you say, like, uh, how would you put that in context? Yeah, I think I am pretty antisocial just across the board. I'm just good at fooling people, basically. Um, yeah, like my, you know, in, in a given a given month, I would love to um, work, exercise, spend time with my wife, and that's it. And like maybe see friends one time. <laughs> that's that's what I like. That's what I want. Um, but I recognize that there needs to be some more, you know, social interaction or whatever for uh, for professional reasons. I don't really need social interaction for personal reasons. I don't think. 
you know, the, you could have just, that, I could have said that my same, that exact same thing you just said, I could have said it for myself too. So I can, I can definitely relate. Uh, I would like to ask a question kind of along the lines of what you're feeling now. Where do you feel there's tension in the sense that you have an expectation of what networking should look like and should yield versus what you're doing now? Like you're coming on to the show saying, I feel like there might be something missing or there might be some room to improve here. Where is the tension coming from right now that you feel like your version of networking or definition of networking might be inadequate or you're not meeting some expectation? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think I'm having trouble understanding how often I can like legitimately touch people in my network. Um, and by touch, I mean, you know, email, phone call, whatever. Um, how often I can do that and, and what, the, what the messaging should be or needs to be in any of those touches. And to get a little bit more specific, you know, I think, I think there are certain instances where I'll have a one-on-one Zoom meeting, let's say. Great touch, really getting to know somebody. Um, and then I don't really know what the follow-up needs to be. I know in my mind what I want the follow-up to be. I want it to be a very hard sell of, okay, here's how you can help me. Let's do this. Um, but I know that that's not going to work. Right. So it's kind of like, how do I go about getting to the, the, the thing that I really want? Um, how many touches is going to be that, that sort of thing. So that's one piece of it. And, and sometimes that results in me just not touching those people. Again, I have the one meeting and then they drop off the map. Um, the flip side of that is, Sometimes I, you know, do go aggressive into it and touch often. And sometimes that ends in a, okay, now they don't want anything to do with me. That's probably an over overstatement, but basically true. Yeah. I, do you ever come to a party or any social situation that maybe you didn't want to be at where you surprisingly met somebody that interested you or that there was, uh, that gave you energy? Or can you think of a time when, a social interaction gave you energy? Uh, yes. I was at a wedding this past weekend uh, in Cabo. And I would say the, uh, the wedding itself did not give me energy, but I did have a, a good dinner one-on-one with somebody that I met there. Um, we were both kind of bored that night and we just went out to dinner and it was great. So the, the one-on-one stuff with an interesting person absolutely gives me energy. With an interesting person, so this person it just this, this person was in, interested you based on their background or what they're doing or something like that. Thoughtful, they're a thoughtful person. We had good conversation that went deeper than surface level, you know, BS. And uh, yeah, that that's what I like. And mm-hmm. and any common interests or um yes. Okay. I'll, yes. leave it, I'll leave it at that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that. that's the end of my line of questioning for that. Uh, <laughs> so back, I have back to the idea of there's this tension though, that's forming and you kind of started to articulate it as there's this, Oh, how many, am I doing it right? Is really what I'll just boil it down to. It's kind of like this idea of there's this right way to do it. And you have this this foreboding sense, it sounds like, that you're not doing it right, either because you're not handling different types of contacts the right way, you're maybe not even classifying the right way, you're not meeting enough contacts, your Rolodex is not maintained enough. Is that kind of what the general feeling is, that it's just there's an amorphous sense of what should be the right way to network and you just feel like you're not hitting the mark? Correct. Yep. Spot on. So, so unless it's painful or or drudgery or something you have to remind yourself to do, it's, it's not networking. If you don't have a specific purpose, like it, it sounds like, uh, and I just want to come back to that for one quick second. When you did it for sales, how come that you were able to do? Um, when I did it, when I did it to fundraise. How, I'm sorry. For was, fundraising. Yeah. For fundraising. How was I able to do that? Um, I don't really know. I don't know how. I, I guess it was a there. Well, there was a limited amount of funding that I was trying to raise, and so it was a clear end goal that that may be one thing to latch onto. Um, and so I knew I just had to keep going until I hit that. Uh, so even if you had eight people who didn't want to, you know, speak about it, uh, but you had two out of 
you know, let's say there were 10 people too, who gave you, you know, comprised the money you needed. That was good. Exactly. And I imagine imagine for something like that, there's a defined process in place, the numbers game, or there's a certain domain in which you just have to put in the effort and execute the process enough for the outcome you want. And like that structure and the knowledge that the input will kind of get you the output you're looking for, it makes it a bit different than the kind of network you're talking about, which is almost this idea that there's this general principle that unstructured networking is good for business and will help you meet your business objectives. But there's a lot of loose narrative that ties that logic to the process of actually doing it, which is why it's very hard for people to pin down, am I doing it correctly? And when you're engaging in a process where you don't know if you're doing it correctly and you don't know what outcome you're looking for, it doesn't matter what kind of process. Let's just say putting the networking aside. That process is going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to constantly keep you in a state of tension because you don't really understand what outcome you're looking for, nor if the process you're doing to achieve that outcome is the prescribed one from like a best practice standpoint. So even that in itself is going to put you in a state of tension generally. Yep. I think you're right. And one other thing I just thought about too, Jonathan, going back to your question is when I was fundraising, I was networking specifically with people who identified as investors. And now I'm networking with not necessarily people who identify as customers of mine or as referral partners of mine. And so there is sort of a, I sort of need to like convince them to identify in a certain way before I can get what I want out of it. I think adds some complexity. And you you made another comment, Uh, people in your professional network, uh, you wouldn't wish happy birthday, but people in your personal, you would wish them happy birthday. Just expand on that a little. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't wish anybody happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly don't remember anybody's birthday. No, I mean, look, if I was, if I made it a point to load birthdays into HubSpot and then I had everybody's birthday, the the professional contact, I, I would probably wish them happy birthday. It's just, I've never asked them. I've never asked them what their birthday is. I don't know when it is. But your friends, you might ask them. My friends, I yeah, maybe. Or I would have just sort of picked it up over time. Maybe they invited me to a party. Maybe they said, hey, how come you didn't wish me happy birthday? Oh, well, when was it? Um, and, and now I've started to record those dates. Yeah. Got yeah. it. I think, I think that's part of the actual self-awareness, which we'll, I think, touch on a lot today, which is you wouldn't probably wish anyone a happy birthday. It's more of just personal context that they kind of expected, or there's a more of an opportunity to offend a personal contact if you forget their birthday, if there's an expectation that you would. But the professional contact that, fortunately for me and others and you, that nobody <laughs> expects you to remember a professional contact's birthday nor reach out to them at that time. Right. Yeah, I, and I was trying to hit upon this distinguishing between one kind of network and another kind of network. Um, because the best networkers I know, and, you know, even that statement, uh, like what's a good networker, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to pick apart, uh, wouldn't distinguish because it's at the end of the day, the nature of the, of the engagement with a person, whether it's professionally or for you know, personal reasons is the same, like they, all the things that go in a relationship. So for example, if I'm not that interested in someone's birthday, like that'll ref- that reflects back, you know, a little bit. And you don't care if someone's so interested in your birthday. But the same thing with work, you know. Well, so so distinguishing between the two, I think, you know, that, that's the first uh, lane. The, there are so many different uh, tips that that people give that <clears throat> I think are, are worthwhile in terms of how to motivate someone or how to push someone uh, to try and network or engage with people. Um, and I, I don't think those are sustainable ultimately. Um, and the good news is most people are like you and as Sam is saying, um, uh, and, and find it to be very uh, tiresome and, and hard to uh, be social. It's very rare that people are just come into a room and just want to shake hands, you know, you know, Jerry Maguire, you know, Jerry Maguire, the room or whatever. And that's why when you look at it, it it's unusual and it's interesting. Um, so I think the good news is that for most of our listeners, uh, this will present as uh, what's expected of them. Um, but before I go into some more questions, Sam, I don't know if you had, uh, if you want to stay on the, on the area we were on for a second. 
I, I have a comment too, but Nico, I'll let you respond to Jonathan's comment first. If you, if that brings up anything for you, what Jonathan's saying, especially about the personal and the professional network, the distinction is not really important at the level of general networking we're talking about. Yeah, no, I mean, the first thing that popped into my mind when he was saying that was, um, oh man, this sounds like I need to like genuinely care about everybody that I'm talking to, which <laughs> I, 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 I know I, I keep being like a little bit sarcastic here, but, um, but that does kind of sound like where this is going, you know? I, I wouldn't say it, it's not genuinely care about anything specific. It's the idea of authenticity. Being authentic. Anything that's not authentic isn't sustainable. No matter how many videos you watch, no matter how many seminars you go to, you will always revert and it won't be, it, it, you won't make good connections out of it uh, over the long term. We, we, don't worry, we have some, we, we have positive ideas there, but it really, the first step is, uh, and, and Sam was getting to this, getting over this idea that you're doing something wrong by not doing something that you don't want to be doing. So I don't know if that's too many uh, negatives in the same sense, but uh but if you don't get over that hurdle, you're always going to be attacking this thing as something that you don't want to do. And you're not going to be able to get to the heart of what it is that you're trying to do and what really could open up some of your energy. Yeah. And, and that's where I was going. And, not, and that's a good segue to what I was going to say, which is, I guess, it's the first part of therapy where I will, I will release you from the, under, the expectation that networking is a standard thing. There is no right way to network. Networking is really referring to a process, like we talked about earlier, that you expect an outcome from. And there's so much that could be in that definition, depending on the context, depending on the kind of person you are. So if you have this fixed definition of networking being proverbial, I have a Rolodex and every quarter I have to call everyone in it at least once to check on their kids and see how they're doing for no reason other than to maintain a connection it's going to be a rough road because like Jonathan said, that definition of networking is what everyone's taught, but it's in my opinion, kind of the lazy definition that people just tell young people that like it's fixed in our brains. Like if you want to be successful, you have to do this. But I think that kind of went out the door probably two or three decades ago in terms of effectiveness. Now, largely I find that kind of awkward and strange when you just call people for the sake of calling them or they get a call. Um, so, so that's the, that's the takeaway, which is that, there is no right way to network. I think networking really like everything else needs to be interrogated to be objective based. And then it also needs to be contextualized around your personality, around your strengths and weaknesses and trying to understand what is sustainable for you because it doesn't matter what networking is to you or others. If it's not sustainable for you to execute or like Jonathan mentioned, it's associated with a sense of drudgery or resistance, then it's pointless to even like to contemplate that because that's not a process you can do on, a, on an ongoing basis. So that all comes to say there is no right or wrong to networking. And I think releasing yourself from that idea that there is a networking that's right, that I'm just not able to accomplish, um, will, also, will ho hopefully start the conversation in your mind in a more relaxed tone. Fair enough. Okay. And if you can, if you take your specific objective of sales here, there's no question that uh, a networking approach to, to sales that's laying a foundation that would take quite some time and may or may not result in, you know, may or not have the results. This idea of general networking. Whereas when you found, when you did networking, and I would just say, call it like calling people, you know, uh, specifically for a purpose, then you can contextualize it. Then that activity, you know, makes a lot more sense to you intuitively. But when it's this general idea that maybe someone will know someone or something like that, I think we could talk about some better ways to, uh, to focus, to do sales without it just being a, a general networking, but staying on the general networking, could you imagine wanting to network if everyone was like, like this guy in Cabo? Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so there is a scenario under which you could imagine, like, I, I want to call or even hear, you know, see the, the, the number blink and it's, you know, this, you know, someone like that. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And so uh, could you think of a way that uh, you could increase your association with people like that who could also help with sales? Not offhand. Um, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to know who's like willing to discuss things at a deeper level, you know, 
before you meet them and actually just sort of accidentally discuss things at a deeper level. I, I guess, I guess, you know, now that we're kind of talking through it, I guess there would be a way in my initial outreach to sort of hint at the fact that I'm capable of and want to do that. Um, and then if I get positive feedback from somebody, I can sort of assume that, that that's going in this, the right direction. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing I'd add to that too, because like you said, it may not be intuitive. What's the method? Because when you think about, I guess, how Jonathan's question was phrased, well, you need to conjure a method that you're just sitting from your seat and you're outreaching and trying to make those connections. And that is difficult. It's because um, like the reason that you met this person that you're talking about as the subject of what a good interaction feels like is you both had a, already a common interface because you happen to be in the same place at the same time for similar reasons. And you mm -hmm. didn't have to curate that situation from your desk at home. It was really just you living your life. And that's the most sustainable way to do everything, which is just you're just following your, your life and you're living it and you're out and about and you're doing things and you're interfacing with people and, and trying to convert those interactions or those opportunities to meet the people that end up in those spaces with you is more where I'd start to think about bending your process, if it, if it were my advice. Because again, when we talk about sustainability, the idea that you need to generate that sort of social energy from nothing is the most trying and the most difficult. So it's kind of, how do I put myself in situations and places where other people will be around because the likelihood of you being in a situation that you wanted to be in and then finding people of a like mind or who represent an opportunity to form like a meaningful or authentic relationship, that's going to be much uh, more easy to maintain. And, and before I pass the mic, I guess I'll, I'll bring like a dating advice analogy because I find them entertaining actually, which is, you know, it's like the whole social dating thing versus the whole, you know, you just go and you follow your interests and meet people organically. And a lot of people can say, you know, the social dating thing is there's just strangers whose only common footing is that they want to date somebody and they're just constantly meeting and meeting and meeting and trying to find commonality and trying to like build a connection. Whereas a lot of times relationships that are very sustainable and easy and organic, it's because you decide to forget about the whole dating thing and you decide to pursue your interests. You go to the gym because you like exercising. You go to this conference because you like this subject matter or you're a professional with passions in this area. You go to this, you know, whatever it could be. You go to a training because you're interested in a particular subject matter. Those are the places where you're following your own life path and you're naturally exposing yourself to people who would naturally have similar inclinations. And in those situations, you're more likely to form an authentic opportunity to have a relationship that goes deeper than surface because there's no, there's no pretense that we're just doing this to meet. And so maybe that, hopefully that analogy kind of helps cement what I was trying to articulate. No, that is really helpful. I mean, the thing that kind of comes to mind in response to that is, I guess I would love to find a way to, uh, to remotely do what you just said, because the reality is I, I don't, my normal life does not put me in a lot of social situations as it is. I, I, I work remotely. I live on an island. You know, I'm a, like you, I'm a digital nomad. I don't know how often you end up sort of interfacing with a ton of people. But um, I mean, there are certainly remote based associations and groups and, and that sort of thing, which I guess would be the uh, equivalent, but on a remote basis. There's tons. There are mm -hmm. quite a number of like you could be remote and still very, be very engaged, uh, mm -hmm. it, but it is it does come down to finding either a common interest, you know, something that uh, that no matter what, no matter what whether the person itself that you might meet is interesting or not to you, the activity that you're both engaged in is interesting. Or as Sam said, if you could imagine different activities or different groups that might come together where the people would probably be, you know, similar in terms of, or maybe even not similar, but have qualities that maybe be of interest to you. Yeah. And, and, and to answer your question, now you're starting to put together a process that I think is a different perspective, but it will become more sustainable because right now, like you mentioned, let's say that you live on an Island, you like to work out, you like to hang out with your, with your wife and you work. Well, if you want to network, then the time you're setting aside is not time to call people randomly in your network or maintain the people in your HubSpot, but it's to set aside that time to join a meeting, join a meetup, 
like ask one of your vendors if they can talk for 30 minutes, like that's already in your space or someone you're already working with. That's like something you're interested in. So it's kind of creating the opportunities for networking to happen versus doing the networking, if that makes sense, because you still might have to make time for it in your day. You still might have to like get out of your rhythm to put energy toward it, but it should feel like a different kind of energy. And it should be something that, well, I wouldn't have done a training this month, or I wouldn't have put myself out here in this virtual environment this month because I just didn't feel like it. But that would be the energy you put forth to expose yourself to the world is really it without the expectation of making the connections, but to be in a place where you can be authentic, interact with people authentically with common interests, and then see what kind of relationships could come of that. Makes total sense. You know, Sam mentioned the you know online dating, um, which I had the pleasure of enjoying, and uh, um, it, it does turn or it really reduces the you know human interaction to something that is very transactional in nature. And I think that there is, on some level, uh, um, people think there's something wrong with that. That there's wrong with 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 the interaction being transactional doesn't sound. Uh, doesn't feel right or something like that. Is it, would you say that that's right? Is, does that resonate at all with you? Like this idea, like you're calling someone for networking purposes and it feels transactional and that's a problem? I don't think it's a problem because I know that I am contacting them for transactional purposes. And, you know, I, I, I do try to come across in a friendly way that makes it more pleasant than if I were to just call and be fully transactional. Um, but at the end of the day, it is transactional. And, you know, when that sort of comes out at some point in the call, um, it does change the mood for sure. Even though I'm still comfortable, <laughs> they may not be. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they're not comfortable? Well, I think people just don't like being sold on anything really yeah. at the end of the day. A hundred percent. But if you imagine yourself getting these calls, what would you prefer? If, if you had to get the call, what would be an ideal scenario for you? Um, an ideal scenario, if we, were, if we just like skip the, the networking and we're just talking about the transactional sales piece of it. <clears throat> yeah, it would be somebody calling me and saying, um, hey, my name's so-and-so, I do X, Y, Z. Do you have 90 seconds? for me to just give you a quick pitch. Um, and if you don't like it, I'll hang up. And why wouldn't you do that? I have done that sometimes. Oh, okay. 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 But yeah. so after that, after that line, the mood changes quickly. No, no, no. When I, when I do, when I do that, I think it's fine. That that's huh. to me, that's just kind of like pure when I'm just like pure selling, I'm just pure dialing for dollars. Um, the networking piece is something at least I have been considering a little bit different where I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to sit down and have a 30 minute zoom meeting where we actually get to know each other a little bit more. Um, I could have just called them to sell. Um, but I didn't see the problem is that that's, that's like kind of like if you meet someone or if, if when I was online dating, if I've met a, a woman who would say to me, uh, you know, seem really excited and interested in the relationship and then say, I have a friend that would be perfect for you. You know, like, so the problem there is that you have an intention, the other person has intention and they're completely misaligned. So, mm -hmm. but when you're very clear about your intentions and authentic about it, every, all the tension evaporates because that you've taken all the awkwardness out of it. And at that point, you really don't know what the other person's thinking or not, but if you just play it out to yourself, you would prefer that someone just be direct with you and you wouldn't have a problem if they called you. Like, yeah. in other words, so why would anybody else have that kind of problem? Yeah. And, and this comes back to the, like, the next part of, let's say that we put it right, how do you network aside? But when you're in the interactions, honesty, radical transparency is gonna help you with networking more than anything else. And I think part of what I'm hearing in your description of, of some of the tension you've had is that you have this presumption that being honestly, like being radically transparent or honest in the way you would, it would mean that you would never have a relationship because you'd be so blunt and you'd be kind of pushing people away and you would make them feel like you don't care about them. But being honest is the best way to be authentic. 
I think part of what Jonathan was articulating is the fact that if you call somebody and your mindset is, hey, I wanted to talk to you because you just seem like a great person in the space to know. And it'd be great if we could be connected so I could hit you up if there's a possible sales opportunity later. Would you be comfortable with it? That's like something that, you know, you're just out on the table. They can say no, but if they say yes, then you don't feel this burden of like, you met them, they seem cool, they seem well-connected in the spaces you want to be in, and you don't know how to maintain it after that. You kind of just put it on the table right up front. And because not every single person you get on the phone with, you're, you want to sell them right now. But it doesn't mean you can't be honest about why you're talking to them or what you would hope the relationship would look like. Because if it's out there and you're really clear about it, it gives the other person an ability to engage with it honestly themselves and interact with you in a way that can, that can form the foundation of a relationship that could be. Even in that relationship, you call them every time you see something on their network and LinkedIn that looks interesting to you, or you just think of them randomly because, oh, this person could help me with this call or this task. If you, if you set an unknown expectation for how you're going to interact with them, then you're always going to feel this pressure to maintain it somehow. Like there's going to be some opportunity lost if you don't continue, which is why it's so important to be that radically honest up front because then they can choose how to engage. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I do think that, and this is probably needs to happen this way, but um, I think if I am that radically honest up front, I'll just get more no's, you know, like, no, I'm not going to have a Zoom call with you. Right. But, but again, <laughs> think about it from their perspective. Like, in other mm -hmm. words, you know, you, you didn't burn that bridge. You said, you know, when you do it the other way, sometimes then you think the person never wants to have anything to do with you. But if you're efficient about it, and it just so happens that the next day that person, you know, hears about somebody who needs exactly your service, you have that's a that, that's a possible scenario. Whereas if you've burned the bridge, you know, then, then they're going to think it like that. Has anyone ever gotten on a phone with you and you found them just so interesting that when they got to the sales pitch, you know, said, "Oh, I really like this guy. I'm going to buy." Sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that's happened every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if the person is, if the person's like level of interestingness outweighs whatever money I'm going to have to spend on whatever I'm buying, then yes. it might be worth knowing for other reasons or being associated with. Like, I don't mind this connection. Yeah, I don't mind this connection. And it's not, whatever I'm about to buy from them is not going to like, you know, crush me. You know, I, I guess I, I do kind of want this thing and it's not that expensive and this person's cool. So sure, let's make like it Like Girl, Girl Scout cookies. Kind yeah, of or cut, cut coat knives. Like, do I really need a new set? No, but, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, well, go ahead, Jonathan. Are you going to finish the thought there? No, no, no. You go. Because, uh, well, uh, I also wanted to uh, touch upon this idea that um, calling someone or engaging someone just for sales um, is a problem in and of itself. Like, if you have something to sell that you think is quality, and there are people who might not, who might need it, like, that's sufficient basis for an engagement. I mean, We'll get to, you, you said something very interesting about the, um, you know, getting in the door. So that's a, you know, maybe a, a, you know, put that on the side for a second. But I think some of the things that Sam and I are trying to get at is just how we're, how your, what your perspective is, how, how you're thinking about it. And so I would just end that, you know, that part of the conversation on, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just getting from somebody without giving them or without anything else. Because yeah. if they need that, then it's, you know, that's great. So, you know, and, and that's where I think the transactional nature of engagements uh, is problematic because in a transaction, there always has to be, you know, two winners or, you know, you can't have a winner and a loser or like, you know, you're thinking of it all incorrectly, but yeah. there's nothing wrong in any relationship, you know, sometimes it's just one way, you know, for a particular purpose at, you know, at a particular moment in time, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and you, you could imagine scenarios where you've done something for somebody and, you know, that was the end of that, you know, so it's, uh, um, it's just the perception that there's a problem that you're calling for a sale or that you're, you know, that, that, that you're networking and it's not for friendship or something that that's uh, inherently different than anything else. Gotcha.
And, and I would say, I would add to that too. When I talk about networking a lot, that that is very important as we're slowly building a formula for what we consider to be conscious networking. The idea that it has to be quid pro quo is another one that I would just recommend people release from their mind. Because like Jonathan just said, you it's not very present or conscious to make presumptions for a stranger you don't know about what they would want or what they would need. The most you can do is just be honest about what you need. Because a lot of people just like helping other people. You given providing an opportunity out of nowhere for them to help you could be great for them. Or maybe they just, you know, there's a lot of factors in people's lives that we can never get our head around. And that's where we get wrap ourselves up in circles. There's no point in even contemplating what another person could want from you, especially when you don't know them well. It's just something that's going to get you spun up and cause that stress. So really the best, the best suited people are, and especially, you know, when I talk to young people, they stress that about this a ton. But you, in fact, have a lot to offer. So it's just kind of being honest about being open to reciprocation, but not having to make any assumptions just to say, hey, and if you ever looked at my profile or you felt like you need anything, I really would love to help. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Like, and that doesn't even have to be said. If you have that mentality, people can feel that in you, but you don't have to try to figure out before you ask for something, what you think you could do for them, because that's usually going to be a fruitless ineffective exercise because it's impossible to contextualize what their life looks like, what their career trajectory, what they need in that moment. So to even think about it is a very inefficient use of your time. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes sense. The, it, I think that there is an element you're, you're looking for um, uh, how to engage in, in this networking, even though I don't want to. And I think we're pushing back on this idea that that's so you know that that's that that could be effective. I, I think that there is um, you, you could either go the route of looking at how you engage with people generally and your friendships and things like that and see how could it how could I get more energy from these interactions, not less, and and go that route, or you can go the route of how do I network for a particular purpose? And and I think you already have a good blueprint on that because for fundraising you thought of it like uh, I just hit, have to hit an amount all because there's no set limit to the amount for sales, it's the same thing. I mean, it, you know, if you're looking for one card in a deck of 52, and I, I think I've used this before, you flip over enough, you're going to get to that one card. So you, you could do the same. I, I just personally don't think that that's uh, for something that's going to be an ongoing activity, not just a moment in time. I don't think that that's very sustainable. It's much more sustainable to find people who have a common hobby or, you know, we were talking about remote uh, 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 online groups. I think there, I know there are just tons. Um, I think you're more likely to find connections there, but if you're able to change the way you're thinking about uh, your general relationships, you probably can make better use of the ones that you have. So for example, do all your clients know that you're looking for more clients? Like, do you speak to them about that? Do you ever ask them to look, you know, consider everyone that they know? Yeah, from time to time. Yep. Okay. No, no, that's that's good. A lot of people don't. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't, wouldn't consider, you know, I mean, it's so obvious, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. A lot of people, if you even ask some of their close friends and family, they don't even know that they're actually looking for clients, which is so obvious to somebody, uh, you know, you know what I do for a living, so why wouldn't you look? I, I just think that there's more opportunity maximizing there and maximizing your current client base and their connections than some random list of people that you're not going to want to call. And, and I don't know that they're going to want to uh, get your call. So, uh, you know, for, for that purpose, but. Yeah. Okay. So there's, let me give you a scenario because this is something I'm doing in real time. So there's, <clears throat> I did join a, a group. Um, and we meet like once a month, whatever. Um, but I'm also remotely, but I've also started to reach out to people in that group to do one-on-one -on -one Zoom meetings. And in reality, what I want is for them to become a client. Um, but what I have said in my reach out to set up a Zoom meeting is like, hey, I'm new to this group. I see you've been in here for a year. You know, would love to meet with you, hear about what you do for a living and what your experience in the group's been like, something simple like that. And then they say, okay. Um, and so now I'm getting this meeting on the books. I guess based on kind of what we're talking about today, it's sort of a bait and switch because I wasn't honest from the beginning. Um, but I could start that Zoom meeting 
and be very honest upfront um, and sort of see where that goes, which might, which might ruin the rest of the Zoom meeting because I've sort of bait and switched them. Um, when you yep. take it a step back in the group meetings, I mean, you, you have a specific Zoom meeting coming up, but in the group meeting, what's the purpose of the group meeting? The group meeting is usually, um, there's sort of like a update about the group. Um, you know, like, like a business group of some sort. Yeah. It's like people who are, um, who want to be, um, like board directors at private companies. Um, so it's kind of like updates on, you know, who got board seats and what new board seats are opening and that sort of thing. Um, and then they break us into like a couple groups after that, just for networking, you know, sort of Do like you, Zoom rooms. What's your role in it? Are you giving people advice or help or are you receiving information? Um, I'm receiving information in those. But, but do you get a chance to speak? Uh, when we break into like small rooms on Zoom, then I get a chance. We sort of, you know, we'll break into rooms of five and then we all go around and talk about who we are and whatever. Got it. Sam, I, you were going to say something. but Well, I just wanted to hear the rest of the scenario, which was you said you could be really honest in the first part of the call and kind of initiate the bait and switch. Or what was the second alternative you were contemplating? Yeah, I think there are two other alternatives. Um, the second one would be, you know, have this nice getting to know you Zoom call and then at the end be like, oh, you know, in some smart way, like, hey, I want you to be my client. Um, that would be a second one, which would be sort of an elongated bait and switch that they probably wouldn't be happy about. And then I think the third option would be just leave that call as a get to know you call and then follow up at a later date with a much more honest outreach that says, hey, I want to do a, another call. Would you be willing for me to like pitch you on a 20 minute call or something? Yeah. So can, can I give a fourth option that you didn't list out? Sure. I, would email, I would email them even before the call and I would say transparently what you're feeling, what you're going into. Something like, hey, I just wanted to clarify, I'd love to meet you, but I'm really looking for new clients. So I'd love to talk to you with that in mind. And even if you're willing and help me, if you could hear my pitch and if you don't want it, maybe just give me some feedback because you guys already have a connection, you know, something along that vein, because then you don't have to even worry. You're already, all your options are already predicated on the fact that you're somehow going to have to slowly switch into a mode of honesty. And I really don't even think you need to wait that long. I think you can give the option to not take the call once that your, once that your intentions are, are laid bare. And honestly, no matter what, if a lot of them say, hey, back out of the call and like, hey, it's fun meeting you in the group, but I don't even really want to entertain that or waste my time, then any of the other options are just going to be truncated and save you a tremendous amount of time in the long run. And that's sort of the power of being honest with networking, because there's no really reason to pursue any of those other routes if they have no interest in having that conversation with you at any point. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and Sam uh, hit upon a technique that I've seen successful many times, which is instead of it making it all or nothing in terms of sale or no sale and like you're almost like for closing the door on them giving you any other kind of uh interaction which is very frustrating to the other individual also because you set the terms you're almost saying if you're not interested in this hang up on me now you know or this is going to be awkward even even if you do the your regular intro and then get to it at some point whereas if you open the door to more possibility that hey uh can you give me feedback on, on how, you know, on the pitch or how do you think I could approach this? I can't be the only one who's on this, who's in these things because I want to get business. Every, I'm sure there's a lot of people like people on board meetings tend to be, fit a certain profile. So I bet there's a lot of us here. And I was even going to suggest that might be even something you do in a breakout session, because then you become like that interesting guy who's selling, you know, selling you something like somebody would say, ah, oh, he's, this guy's honest, you know, or this guy, He's saying what we're all thinking or something like that. And then you've established that kind of, that kind of interest, or you wait till the call and you offer that. And then the person doesn't feel under so much pressure and you're not closing the door immediately. And the person can then give you some feedback, which people like to do, you know, so you've, you've expanded the opportunity beyond just the one. Yeah. And, and I think I just, you and I, I feel like are very similar, especially in listening to you during this episode, we can be seen as clinical. And to the point, and just like, we don't like wasting our time and we like to just get to where we need to be getting to. And it can be off-putting for some, but there are tons of other people out there like us that appreciate that sort of candor and just like getting to the point. But if you feel you have to, you have to fit yourself into a trope of like building a relationship means talking without any pressure, talking without talking about what you want, just interacting without getting to the objective. 
um, it's going to be very tough for you. And that's where I think a lot of your attention is coming from. But I think if you realize a lot of people appreciate candor, a lot of appreciate, people appreciate getting to the point. And if you do it honestly and openly from the start, because that's going to get you relationships that will be sticking. And like you said earlier, it might get a lot of more no's, but those are not people that would be in your network over time. Like you need to find people who want to be in your network for the, for the same reasons that you would be willing and open to sustain that connection. Like you may not reach out and talk about their family or ask how their last game of golf was, but you'll call them every six months when you have an actual opportunity from your side that you think would be a good fit for them, or you see something that they could help you with. And that's a relationship built on reciprocity, just like any other good relationship. It just doesn't have to have all that flim flam with it. And, and I know we're, 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 you know, starting to be pressed for time, but when you call these, when you call this person on the, the upcoming call, how much do you know about the person and how much can you tailor what you're saying about your service to how it specifically helps them or how generic is your plan? Um, I know what company they work for. Um, and usually they're in an executive role um, at that company. And so I have a pretty good idea going into it of exactly how we can help them. So it's detailed and, and it feels very tailored to that individual. Yeah. And usually I'm, Usually I'm reaching out to sort of multiple individuals at the same time, separate emails, obviously, who are in a similar industry, a similar, similar business, um, right? And so then I just kind of know like, all right, these five people I'm going to be talking to next week, they all work at manufacturing plants. Um, so I'm going to be talking to them about how I've helped and can help manufacturing plants, that kind of thing. Um, so let's say it's, you know, saving them X dollars or whatever, like, what would be wrong? What's so terrible about a sales call or calling someone saying, Hey, I know you, I know your business. I know exactly what's going on and I could save you X dollars, you know, by next year. Like, in other words, like, it's not so much, I want something from you. It's I can give you something like, yeah. Cause the transaction is really not about you asking anything of, for, for, you know, for you it's, I, 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 you know, I just saw you and I see your profile and I know exactly what I can give you. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with it. Nothing. In, in my opinion, nothing's wrong with right. it. I think, I think, I think from their perspective, nothing's wrong with it either, but that doesn't make them more likely to say, okay, let's do it just because there's nothing wrong. with A hundred percent. But that is going to happen. People are for whatever reason, multiple reasons, you know, not everyone likes everybody or not everybody wants to buy from everybody. But it's yeah. just this idea that there's something inherently problematic or, or, um, or, you know, what's my approach for this? But if you can get the energy of the excitement of what you can give somebody, and it's not so much about, uh, it's a sales call, or I'm doing this, and it's wrong, the nature of the, the interaction with this person, they're not going to like it. it, it you're already positing and you're creating this tension between you and the person. Mm -hmm. you know, whereas if you keep it open, and you're saying I'm authentic in what I'm doing, and I'm also have you know I'm excited about doing this, and you find that excitement, and there's nothing wrong with you asking them or you offering to to, to perform services. It just changes the energy that you're going to have to expend ex, you know expend on it. Well, yeah. to summarize, a, a big point there that's been really big for me over the years is if you were selling a friend something, if they said no in that moment, it doesn't mean the friendship ends. It's like we have this this notion that if you try to sell somebody and they don't want it, then it's like a we've broken up. It's like a bad breakup all of a sudden. But in, yeah. in actuality, when you make a sales, uh, when you have a sales conversation with somebody, and at the end they don't need it right now, even ending with something like, "Hey, I'm in a, I'm in a real sales mode right now. Would you mind if I called you in six months and just see where you're at, or if you know anybody?" And like, can we stay in touch that way? And they may say yes or no, but most people are open to that because it doesn't mean that because that door closed in that moment of time the relationship has to end. And I think that's, that's a lot of things. People just get so much tension around sales conversations that it tends to sour things quickly. But I think a lot of my best relationships in my network are when I was trying, I had a legitimate business opportunity with someone, it didn't work out. But if I felt like they were somebody I wanted to work with then and somebody I might want to work out in the future, then I will reach out if I'm honest and it makes sense. And I would warrant that the more you're focused on them, and the less on you, like I need the sale, as opposed to, I know this person, I know how I can help this person. I can give, you know, these are things I can give you, the more free that conversation becomes. Yeah. Because right. it's really, to the extent that it is just sales, 
you know, for you. And you're not really focused so much on exactly, you know, how this person could be helped or you're thinking, oh, they could buy this service from multiple people or whatever, whatever is less than what I said. Uh, I think that's where it does feel like a, a binary interaction. Yep. So I know we've been hitting you with a lot, Nico, and it's actually a very expansive topic, but how are you feeling right now? Do you feel, do you feel any better? No, I definitely feel better. I, you know, I think I have some, some new tactics um, to use in the coming weeks and I'll, I'll definitely hit you guys up and let you know how it goes, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to take a different approach, try some brutal honesty. I'll probably, I'm going to test with these people that I have some zoom calls coming up with soon. Some of them, I'm going to send to them the email beforehand, <laughs> Sam, yeah. some of them I'm not. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of see if that determines take rate at all. It's a small sample size, but we'll see. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And like I said, if I could summarize, you know, you came in with one topic about how do I do X? And I think a lot of, of these sessions, business therapy is, do you even have to be doing X? And if the answer is no, always try to figure out if you're meeting a lot of resistance or you're meeting a lot of, I guess, the, like you feel this dread or this unsustainable aspect, whatever you're attempting, even if it was the right thing to do, it's not going to be the right thing for you. And well, I think just releasing yourself with a notion that there's some goal or target, because I think we all know, I would agree with the general principle that the more people you know, the more business opportunity will be availing itself to you. But the way to know more people is through authentic relationship building and honesty, personally and professionally. And if you can stick to that and know who you are and be honest with yourself, that's all the networking you need. That's kind of, I'll, I'll leave that as my summary. And I would also say, if you feel that drudgery question, why do I feel this drudgery? Like get, get, get to the root of it and then question whether or not you're accurate in why you think it's drudgery. So for example, sales is a problematic, you know, or something like that because it's not. So yeah. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for so much for coming on the show, Nico. It was a very lively conversation. It's one of those ones where I feel like we have a three hour conversation on it. So we appreciate you uh, coming on and, and listening to us go on and on. So thanks everyone for listening in. If you or anyone you know want to come on to Business Therapy, please reach out, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And otherwise, we'll talk to you all next week.